0: and and kind of round off this message. Two weeks ago, we talked about you are what you love. We realized that things that we love and desire in life uh, dictate how we live our lives, but often our hearts love and long for the wrong things, whether we realize it or not. So last week, we began talking about how to change what we love. So just... Briefly, by way of review, number one, we said don't resist God, what he wants to do in your heart. He wants to give you a new heart, and that's the foundation. God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Anything we talk about today is in the context of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us and cooperating with God's will. It's also helpful to become aware of the things that are shaping us. Everything that we do in life does something to us. Everything that we watch impacts us in some way. Everything we listen to impacts us. Everything that we experience does something to us, whether good or bad. We need to start analyzing what are we allowing into our lives through what we listen to, look at, do, say, experience. And then we talked about how it's important to make changes even before we feel like it. If we, wanted to, if we waited until our hearts desired better things, we might never change. God asks us to step out in faith and start making changes. And then our desires will change along the way. Generally, that's how it works. But have you ever felt like this before? He says, I wonder why I don't hear from the shepherd anymore. Right? This is a a, a cartoon sheep. What's the issue? The issue, he's got too many things in his life that's blocking out the voice of the shepherd. And a lot of us are saying, God, why aren't you speaking to me? But we're spending more time with things that are speaking to us more loudly so we don't hear the still, small voice of God. And so it's important to make conscious decisions to seek out God, to seek out that new heart, to seek out the good things that his word calls us to, even before that's the the chief desire of our heart. But the good news this morning, and I start with some encouraging news, is no matter how low you might feel you are, no matter how messed up your life might be, there's good news. Listen to this. This is from a devotional that I read, a book called Amazing Grace, and it said, the chain that has been let down from the throne of God is long enough to reach where? The lowest depths, so even if you feel like you are lower than the low, God can rescue you from there. Christ is able to lift up the most sinful out of the pit of degradation and place them where they'll be acknowledged as children of God, heirs with Christ to an immortal inheritance. So no matter how, how messed up your heart may be, no matter how sick your desires might be, God can take you from where you're at and bring you higher. So having said that, let's start off and let's ask God to do just that. Heavenly Father, as we get into this message for today, we recognize that our hearts are sinful. But by your grace and by uh, you prompting us to ask, today again we ask for that new heart experience. A heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. We want good desires. And Lord, we want to cooperate with your spirit as you change our desires to make them more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. I read this book by a couple of doctors, really good book. It's called How People Grow. And I recommend it to anybody who's interested in growing in any area of your life. But they they said this, overcoming sin is never just about doing away with what? Badness. It's not just getting rid of the badness, but it's always also about adding what? Goodness. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about what that goodness will look like. It's not enough enough just to take away the bad habits. We need to replace them with better habits. Taking away the junk food and giving us good food instead. In whatever area of your life God wants you to grow. So key number four, as we continue on, is to fill your heart with what we call good stuff. Right? This is, this is not rocket science in our sermon, but it's stuff that we we really need to focus on. And we'll talk about what that means. Check this out. This is from another uh, devotional I read. Uh, But the big idea is that spirituality requires intentionality. You're not going to just wake up one day and be spiritual. It will never happen. It requires intentional choices in your life. And notice what uh, it says in this other devotional I was reading called You Shall Receive Power. It says, but those who are waiting to behold a what? What kind of change? Magical Magical change. I'm just going to wake up one day and magically I won't want to sin anymore. That's what we hope for, right? Those who are looking for that magical change in their characters without what? Determined Determined effort. That means cooperating with God's Holy Spirit in your life. There are choices that we can make on their part to overcome sin, will be disappointed. So again, it's not just going to magically happen that all of a sudden, if you're an unloving person, you'll wake up one day and say, I am filled with love for everybody. The love fairy has visited me in the night. Right? (laughs) Amen. Bless you. (laughs) That was a good sneeze. (laughs) So it's not just going to magically happen. Now, God can... God can change our hearts in an instant. And there are examples where that happens. But for the most part, God works on a, a more gradual, growing basis, cooperating with our will. Check this out. We all know this phrase. By beholding, we become changed. Here's the verse that comes from 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding or looking at as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being what? Transformed. Transformed. As we look, we are being transformed. We're being changed into which image? The, the, The image of glory. The same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Really simple principle here. The stuff that we look at, the stuff that we allow in our lives, as we've already seen, changes us. So if we want our hearts to long for God more, Should we behold and experience the things that turn our hearts away from God? Is that going to help make us love God more? No, it just just stands to reason that the more we behold the things that are positive and lovely and good, and we could have looked at a lot of verses, the more we're going to long for the Lord. If you have two friends that you hang out with, one of them's bad, there's bad influence, And you hang out with that friend for 20 hours a week. And you hang out with your good friend for one hour a week. Which friend do you suppose you're going to become more like on the average? The bad one, right? And not that we can't resist the influence of the bad one, because we can't escape all bad influences. But if we want to become more like God, it's not going to happen just coming to church once a week. Not going to happen because think about all the influences. You know, there's all this research about how much we look at our phones and how much TV and how much internet we all consume. And if we're not careful, we're going to be spending vastly amounts greater time with stuff that's just not going to influence us to love God more. Does that make sense? I mean, there's a lot of good things out there. But there's just a lot of stuff that makes our hearts long for the world as our home more than long for heaven as our home. The stuff that we allow in our lives changes us. So key number four is really simple. Put good stuff in your life every day. You know, you might want to, want to take a piece of paper and this is, I'm preaching to myself today. You're just listening, okay? If we're honest, right? And this is something I need to do. I need to track... All the time I'm spending throughout my week. You know, on my iPhone recently, a few months ago, it started telling me how much time every single day. Have you? Did anyone else get those notifications? It's kind of scary. Now, honestly, I have a lot of work that I do on my phone, and I'm messaging a lot of members and calling, and there's a lot of work stuff, but there's a lot of non-work stuff, too. And when you see the amount of time, Whoa. What else could I be doing if I used half of that time for something more productive? For something that made me long for heaven more? So, Scripture is the foundation that we need to be rooted and grounded in, part of that goodness every day we need to be spending time in. Jesus said it in John 17, 17. Sanctify them by what? Facebook? Oh. There's nothing inherently wrong with Facebook, right? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. If we want to grow in our hearts, we've got to spend time in the word. We've got to spend time with the the book that's designed to help us to grow. And next week we're going to be talking about more meaningful devotional time. So we have challenges for why we don't read or why we have struggles in the Bible. Next week I'm going to try and help us out with some things that have helped for me. You know, I found that there are a lot of different ways to engage in Scripture. This is um, a lady on YouTube that just puts out Scripture songs. In fact, I'll show you. Uh, We're not going to be playing audio right now, so we don't have to worry about that. But she has all sorts of Scripture that she has put to music. And it is so powerful, and she has a lot more than this. Uh, So, here's what we need to look for if if you're interested, thanks. I was going to mention that and then I forgot. Just type in Esther Moy, M-U-I, into YouTube, or you can just search Christian worship and scripture songs. It is really awesome. Some of the songs are, like, not the greatest, but a lot of them are pretty good. And it is so rewarding when you're going through your day, and instead of a, a silly song bounce around in your head that has no meaning, When you have the words of scripture, uh, nice lyrics, nice melody going through your head, I've memorized verses that I wasn't even trying to memorize. Just because I would put this on and listen to it. That's one of the easiest ways to memorize scripture, is by doing it through music. So there are a lot of practical ways that we can fill our life with goodness. Goodness. While we're driving down the road, we can have this audio on. While we're uh, preparing our dinner, while we're doing stuff in our home, there can be the sounds of Scripture filling our hearts and minds, instead of just um, a lot of the chatter that our world is filled with. So we want to focus on goodness. We do that through Scripture. We can do that through songs. We can do that through a lot of things. Uh, And I just put together a few more clips, highlights from my devotions. I spent time in the Word, but I also appreciate various devotionals. And so I have a lot of quotes today, and I apologize for that. But these were so good, I couldn't help myself but share them with you, because it really deals with the heart of practical godliness. So just bear with me as I share a few of my devotional highlights from the book From the Heart. If the mind is molded by the objects from which it has most to do, Then to think of who? Jesus. Jesus. To talk of him will enable you to become like him in spirit and character. Think about him. Talk about him. It's going to make a difference in your life. It's growth in the knowledge of the character of Christ that sanctifies the soul. You know, the more we focus on how good Jesus is, something's going to start stirring in our hearts. Too often we focus on how bad we are. But that just gets us discouraged. I mean, we need to realize that we're bad, so we'll want to turn to Christ. But it's better to focus on how good Jesus is. That's going to start a work to discern and appreciate the wonderful work of the atonement, thinking about what Jesus did on the cross for us has a power to transform our lives, transforms all who contemplate the plan of salvation. By beholding Christ, they become changed into the same image from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord, The beholding of Jesus becomes an ennobling, refining process to the actual Christian. Did you notice it says it's a refining process? We're not instantly refined. It's a process. But the more we spend our time in our day thinking about how good Jesus is, how wonderful his sacrifice on the cross was for us, the better things will be. What about this one? When the sinner... Uh, sees the Savior dying upon the cross under the curse of sin and in his stead, beholding his pardoning love, what awakens in his heart? Love. So when you see Jesus on the cross, when you think about it, imagine the sacrifice that he went to for us. It starts to stir something in our heart. We're talking in our sermon series on how to change what we love. Well, this here says thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus is going to start to awaken love in your heart. The pure love of Jesus and his sacrifice. Enabling him to advance from one line of obedience to the other, reaching from one strength to greater strength, from grace to grace. In other words, it's a growth process. It's not instant. But the more we fill our life with this goodness, the better it's going to be. So we need to think more throughout our day about Jesus and his sacrifice. But we also can think about heaven. Think about heaven. If we would permit our minds to dwell more upon Christ and the heavenly world, we shall find a powerful what? A a motivating thing that that causes us what? Uh, Support in fighting the battles of the Lord. Besides the loveliness of Christ, all earthly attractions will seem of little worth. You know, the more you think about how good Jesus is and how good heaven's going to be, the darker our world will seem. Remember that old song that we sing sometimes, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Think about how wonderful heaven's going to be. I mean, we have struggles here on this world, but do you think when we get to heaven, we're going to be just totally bummed out that, that the Warriors lost the NBA Finals? <laughs> we won't care. We hope that, that the members of the team will be there. And they'll say, I don't care either. Heaven is way better. Right? Right? The more we focus on the things that are going to last forever, the more we're going to want to invest our lives in things that will last forever. And I'm not picking on basketball. I love basketball. But if basketball is all we have, if that's our life, we're missing out. There's there's so much more that God wants to do. Check out this. This is, again, from that book, uh, How People Grow, They said, if people's hearts and minds were full of the life God provides, there would be a lot less room for temptation. An idle mind or idle hands or the devil's playground. Well, if if your mind is busy with thinking about God and his good stuff, there's going to be a lot less room for temptation and the other stuff to creep in. So we want to fill out our days with good things. And these are just a few examples. You can come up with a lot more examples. And next week, we'll, we'll make it more practical on how to do that. But we need to understand that there is a lot of power in habit. There's a lot of power in the habits that we develop in our life. Character does not come by what? By chance. You don't wake up one day and say, hey, I have a good character now. It doesn't happen by chance. It is not determined by one outburst of temper or one step in the wrong direction. We all make mistakes. But those single mistakes don't set our character. It's the continual daily choices. It's the repetition of the act that causes us it to become habit and molds the character either for good or evil. Right? Characters can be formed only by persevering, untiring effort but by improving, but improving every entrusted talent and capability to the glory. Of God so we want to develop good daily habits those habits really set our our characters actions repeated form what habits habits form one character and by the character our destiny for time and eternity is decided so you might just think well oh, it's a small choice it's not a big sin it's not a big thing that I'm doing today I know it's really not a part of God's plan for me But what's the harm? What's the hurt? Well, actions that we repeat become something that we do all the time. Becomes our habit. And our habits form our character. And your character determines where you go. We're saved, of course, only by the sacrifice of Jesus. But when we get to heaven, we're going to be with Jesus... A lot, right? We won't be right next to him at the throne all the time, but we're going to be in his presence all the time because where can you go from God's presence? And and we won't have it veiled like we do here. So if you're not in the habit of enjoying being in God's presence now, why would you want to go to heaven? So we need to get in the habit of enjoying being time uh, spending time with God. And I realize it's, it's different now because we can't see him face to face like we do. But God's spirit wants to be with us um, in a very practical and a very real way. So I'm going to show a, a six minute video clip. It's not about spiritual things, but it's from a scientific perspective about habits. But you'll see that what they're saying, science is confirming, uh, are already things that we've known from the Word of God. Uh, and it talks a little bit about how to change habits, because God works on a very practical level in our life. And uh, we're going to put this on the screen. Yeah. So. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. It's... Uh, Embedded here. Whoa, that's kind of crazy. I think I can get it from back here, so I'm not sure what's going on. This is all right. Hang on. It's worth the wait. Feel free to talk amongst yourselves right now if you want. Oops. How can science help us to understand our habit? Yeah, there's something. All right, well, we won't worry about it. Maybe I'll show it to you guys next week. (laughs) That's how things go, right? It was all ready until it wasn't. All right, so the fourth principle that we've identified is you gotta spend time filling your day and your life with good stuff. Because if you're putting more bad in than good, you're going to be more of a bad person. And ideally, we're not going to put any bad in. We want to start our day with the Lord and keep it going with the Lord. But key number five to to heart growth and change is to hang out regularly with other believers. A lot of times we try and and grow on our own when God intended us to grow together as a people. Um, In this book, How People Grow, the authors were talking about, uh, one of them was talking about a particularly difficult time in his life. And listen to his words here. He said, I was waiting for God to give me his grace through supernatural zapping. He was giving it to me through people. I was waiting for him to speak to me directly and he was speaking to me through his people. I was waiting for him to give me direction in life and he was the strength behind the direction that people were giving me in life. I was waiting for him to heal my depression, but he sent special people to comfort me. You've heard that story about the person who's on their roof, there's a big flood, and a person comes by in a boat, a canoe and a boat and a helicopter, all offering rescue. And they're saying, no, 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 God's going to rescue me. Right? They keep turning rescue down, over and over again. And sometimes we forget that God works primarily through people. We often are the solution, plan A that he has chosen to bring help and comfort and healing. People say, well, where was God when this happened? Well, God primarily is wanting to work through us to be a source of comfort and help and need. It's interesting, when Paul talked um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6, he said, but God who comforts the depressed comforted us by the coming of Titus. So he said, Titus was the way that God chose to comfort us. God could have showed up, you know, in, in spirit form or bodily form, but instead God chose to send a regular person and that was his primary means of giving comfort. Or what about this one? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. It's in your Bible. You can look it up. But God often speaks to us through the words of people. Now, we have to be careful because we don't know necessarily when that's happening and when that's not happening. But God uses people to comfort us. God uses people to guide us and to lead us. What about Hebrews 10, verse 25? It says, "...not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some." but exhorting one another, encouraging one another as we see the day of God approaching. Yes. We're called to get together on a regular basis because we need each other. Sometimes we come to church because we think, okay, I'm here at church, bless me, bless me. Ah, <laughs> uh, that wasn't my favorite song, I wasn't blessed by that. Okay, special music, bless me. Sermon, speak to me, it's all about me, right? Right? but God has brought you here, partly so that you'll get blessed, but perhaps mostly so that you can bless other people. So when you come to church, you're saying, okay God, who am I here to bless today? Who have you brought me here today to encourage because somebody's discouraged and you have a divine appointment right here at church with me? Too often, We put on our happy Sabbath smiles and faces, and we say, hey, brother, hey, sister, good to see you. I got nothing wrong in my life. Good to see you. But we're messed up, people. (laughs) We're discouraged, people. We're stressed out. We need help in our yard, but we're too afraid to ask somebody. Our pet is sick, and we're just worried, sick over it. We have all sorts of issues. And so when you come to church, it's to receive a blessing for yourself, but primarily your mindset is, who can I be a blessing to? Right? Potluck. Potluck is not just, okay, it's all about me. Feed me. Right? Oh, I don't like this dessert. This is a bad potluck. Oh, I don't like, ah, this food is not for me today. You messed up my lunch, right? And you don't say that, right? I've never heard anybody say these things. But when you come to potluck, we have potluck because it's called fellowship lunch. Our job is to fellowship with one another and not just to say, hey, it's hot outside. Yeah, it's really hot. Well, Okay, let's talk about meaningful things as we sit around the table and eat. Let's encourage each other, it's a perfect opportunity. Or invite somebody over for a meal. If you see somebody sitting by themselves, it's your job to sit with them. It's your job to get to know them. Listen, there's only one me. There's only one head elder, Ed. But there are a lot of you. It's the job of the church to minister to one another. Galatians 6.1, Brother, if someone's caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Our job sometimes is to help lift up those who've fallen down into sin. What about this one? Let's open up our Bibles. You can't lean upon the screen uh, for this whole sermon. We'll... We'll have you open up, but we're happy when the, when the presentation works too, because it makes things a little easier. Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4, this will be our last scripture, we're going to wrap it up pretty soon. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Ephesians 4, verse 14, it says that we should be no longer children, tossed to and fro and carried carried, uh, about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in what? In love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together By what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We as Christians, as church members, are a body. We all have different strengths and gifts and abilities, but all of us have to work together because you just can't have an ear that is off doing its own thing. It won't be able to hear. Uh, It needs the brain to understand what's going on, and so forth. So we are all called to be together in the body of Christ, to edify, which means to help strengthen one another in love. Oh, thank you. Praise the Lord. So that's what we're called to. And you know, it's not just at church that we have an opportunity to do that. We can do that during the week, too. You know we have a midweek service on Wednesday nights. Uh, we have a various other small groups that meet, and would like to start some more. Thank you so much. And you don't even have to wait for a service to encourage people in the church. You can do it outside of church time. You can call up somebody. You can say, "Hey, let's let's just get a meal together. Let's hang out." Call up a member. Text a member. Message somebody, stop by and visit them. As the body, it's not just for 60 minutes from 11 to 12 on Saturdays that we're called to encourage each other. Because I don't know about you, but I need encouragement throughout my week, right? And there are members of us that that live alone or have really difficult situations. They might not even have family in their home to encourage. And so part of our job, if we want to grow together, is to encourage one another, and just to hang out. Hang out. Help out. So let's review these keys. Number one, don't resist God's work in your life. Accept his new heart. Two, become aware of what's shaping your love. Three, make changes in your life even before you feel it. And then from today's presentation, fill your heart with good stuff every single day. Take an analysis of what is occupying your time, and start putting better things in its place. And number five, hang out with other believers. That's really gonna help you grow. Maybe get a prayer partner, somebody that you can pray with every single day, or regularly. It's going to really, really help. And of course, God is the author and the finisher, and he's promised that he who has began a good work in us will bring it to completion. So all of these things, simple suggestions, but they are a part of what God is wanting to do for us in our lives. Several years ago, there was a movie that really impacted people. It was kind of a sci-fi type film, um, featured this alien world, and there was an interesting phenomena for the people who saw the movie. I read about uh, this post-movie depression that people started to get. Because they watched this film, it was a very immersive experience, and they saw this made-up world and things that seemed a lot better than they are here on this earth. And they saw the contrast between the badness of earth and the goodness of, of this place. And after watching this film, people became so depressed. There were online forums for people who would go and they would just explain how, how discouraged they were realizing this place was not real or hoping that they could somehow end up in this mythical destination. There was a a 17-year-old named Hill. He said this, I woke up this morning after watching the film for the first time yesterday, and the world seemed gray. It was like my whole life. Everything I've worked for all lost its meaning. It just seems so meaningless. I just really don't see any reason to keep doing things at all. I live in a dying world. Young man, got a picture of a different, a fictional reality, and all of a sudden he realizes this world is just meaningless. I want to go there, but I can't go there because it's not real. Or then there was Mike. Mike was even more depressed. He said, ever since I went to see the film, I've been depressed. Watching the wonderful world there made me want to be a part of it. I can't stop thinking about what happened in the film and, and all the tears and shivers I got from it. I even contemplated suicide, thinking that if I kill myself, I'll be reborn in a world similar to this, and everything will be the same as in the film. It's a pretty powerful statement. Here we see young people, old people, who caught a vision of a different world. And it was so powerful that some of them were even thinking about killing themselves in order to try and hope that they could get there. If a movie director can do that about a place that's fake and not real, shouldn't we, as Christians, be able to do that in a good way for our reality that is real? The good news of Jesus and the the heaven that we have to look forward to, the perfect world that's far better than any world that can be conceived by Hollywood. And if if that is the vision that we put up casting in front of us in life and we share it with other people, they're going to want to get there as badly as the people who wanted to be in this fake place desired. We've seen that we are what we love, but our desires are often misplaced. But when we say yes to Jesus and yes to his new heart, and we cooperate with him, and we keep that goal in front of us, and we think about the glories of Jesus and his sacrifice, and we think about the glories of the future world, the reality that's going to happen. We talk about it in our family worships, and we think about it as we drive and and focus on it. Our hearts are going to become more and more in tune with the heart of Jesus And we are gonna long to be in heaven more than we long to be here. And day by day, we're gonna be more like our savior. I want Jesus to keep working in my life, how about you? I wanna long for heaven more than I long for anything else. Let's take practical steps, simple steps day by day and see what God will do in and through us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, We're looking forward to when you return and make all things new. In the meantime, Lord, we pray you'll keep increasing our desire for heaven. But we know that doesn't just happen magically, Lord. Help us to make practical steps, practical changes in our daily lifestyle so that we we train our hearts and minds and lives to long and love you and long and love for heaven. Bless us, we pray. Pick us up when we fall down and give us joy each day as we contemplate you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Have a happy Sabbath. Enjoy the fellowship meal and we hope to see you tomorrow for our health fair. God bless. Take care.